Welcome to another episode of the Rayados 90 podcast. I'm your host, Eduardo Rasso. And joining me tonight or this morning, uh, depending where we are, it's it's morning in my area. It's 1 a.m. and it's 11 a.m. where he is. But Michael Freelay, uh, who's based in Qatar since the Club World Cup is coming up and Monterey is obviously going to be one of the clubs in December that's going to be participating in this uh, little tournament. But Michael, if you want to just uh, introduce yourself, uh, I do have some couple of questions just to get a get you know have the listeners just get to know a little bit about you. Sure, no problem. Uh, so yeah, um, feel free to call me Mitch. Everyone else oh, okay. calls me Mitch, so that's all good. Um, so I've been out in Qatar for five years now. Um, I currently work for B in Sports, uh, which is kind of like the major broadcaster out here. Uh, and I'm on their English website as the editor. Um, I've obviously previously I've worked at the Qatar Stars League, which is the local league here. Uh, so I've had plenty of experience uh, with dealing with Al Saad uh, down the years and, and, and how they are as a team. So uh, hopefully I can give uh, some insights to you, Raylando fans, about what you could expect from potentially playing uh, Al Saad at the Club World Cup. Yeah, I, and, and just Qatar as well, because I know some supporters were probably are going to make the trip to Qatar. So it's just not the, not just the club, Al Saad, but just the, the country or, or uh, as a whole, just to give people uh, a sense of what, you know, they'll be visiting yeah. in a couple of, a co- you know, in a couple of months. But let's start. How did you end up in Qatar and, and writing about Qatari football? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, it, I'll, I'll give you a short story. Uh, I was working in London for a marketing magazine, um, uh, and my passion has always been sport. Um, in 2011, I went and covered the uh, Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. Um, and I just saw a job here in Qatar. And it was for a kind of sports reporter. Um, and I applied for it. And uh, lo and behold, I got the job. And uh, that job wasn't so great. <laughs> and I moved to the Qatar Stars League. And then eventually to be in sports. But yeah, uh, it was it was kind of a random thing I, I i you know I, I wasn't too hot on qatar or the region uh but i've been here five years now and I, i've obviously learned a lot about the the culture um obviously it's ramping up here for the world cup the club world cup is part of those preparations and um yeah it's been a it's certainly been a very interesting uh five years covering the qatar national team uh and obviously the teams in the qatar stars league as well so it's been your like your biggest like culture shock or biggest challenge like moving from london new zealand to to qatar um i, I guess it's it's kind of like a, a different mentality i guess uh you know it's not it's perhaps uh qatar perhaps doesn't have the hustle and bustle of london you know but uh it, it's got a certain way of working and uh ad- adapting to obviously an arabic culture as well and in a culture where you know, the majority of faith is is uh, Muslim, but that's not really a big thing. But because uh, it was quite multicultural in London, but uh, but you know, it's just a different way of life, I guess. And it's it, you know, once you kind of change to that and adapt to that, uh, and and see the way you work, and you know, some people who I've known have been out here for years and love it, and then some people will come here for a year, two years, and leave straight away. So. It's about kind of finding those rhythms with people, I guess. And yes. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's slightly different in Qatar and, and across the Arabic world. Uh, but, it, but it's satisfying. I certainly do enjoy it here. And 
uh, just touch, just staying on the topic of Qatar because I know a lot of not a lot, yeah. but a good majority of Monterey supporters are probably going to make the trip to Qatar. I know I've seen organizers setting up, you know, uh, like little travel packages, etc. Sure. What can you? Ex- what can people from from Monterey and just uh, Monterey supporters, either from Mexico or the United States, expect when they go to Qatar? For you, just what are some do's that that you enjoy about Qatar? And obviously, I, I'll, I'll just ask, what are some don'ts? Just because, obviously, sure. it's a different environment, different culture. So, what are your do's and don'ts for for people that are planning to head to Qatar for this Club World Cup in December? Okay, well, one thing about this Club World Cup is that it's very much a build up for the World Cup in 2022. Uh, Qatar have got the Club World Cup, I think, for the next two or three years. So, firstly. To any kind of Ray Lando's fans who are coming over, just come over and just take it all in and enjoy it. Um, I think that Qatar's a very small country. Um, only two stadiums are going to be used for this tournament. Uh, one of them being the Education City tournament, if you get past the latter stages. but uh, And also the Hamad uh, Bin Khalifa Stadium, which is the stadium for Al Sadd. Um, culturally, there's so many different things here. You know, there's kind of... Uh, falcons like a falcon souk and there's camels and there's that kind of very maybe if if you're thinking as a as a someone from the states or mexico what you think about arabian culture there are all of those kind of great things to see and do here um obviously you know there are you know there are some kind of don'ts in terms of perhaps alcohol um obviously that's a big concern i guess going into the world cup but basically it means that any alcohol that you have has got to be in a hotel um, but it's not a major issue. Once you kind of get here and get the lay of the lands, you'll kind of realise that that's the way things are here and you can't really be walking around with a beer on the street, if you know what I mean, like perhaps in the States or in Mexico. Um, but in terms of that, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess obviously, you know, people want you to be respectful, but in the same time, if you're going to a football match and you're cheering and you're chanting outside the the stadium or or on the way into the stadium, that's not going to be a problem, I don't think. I think that there are probably a lot of misconceptions about Qatar, that it's kind of a very uh, strict state uh, in terms of, of these kind of things, that you can't do certain things. But the organisers of this tournament and obviously of the World Cup have said that anyone is welcome, any colour, creed, sexual orientation, they're all welcome. So just come and enjoy it. That that would be my, my mm-hmm. kind of feeling, really. Sure. Uh, yeah. No, Thanks. That, that's really appreciative because I know the people from Mexico and the U.S. It's gonna be it's gonna be a different. It's gonna be a, yeah. Not 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 a culture shock, but it's just gonna be something different. Which is sometimes it's good. Some different is good, but you also want to be respectful when you're entering a country that you probably never visited before or thought about visiting before. But yeah. let, let's get into the football side of things. Uh, Qatar, okay. obviously, you said that they're gonna be hosting the CWC for the next couple of years as they prepare for the uh, the World Cup in twenty. 2022 um yeah. but so how, how how's the vibe in the city right now because we're under two months before things get started obviously you're gonna have people from liverpool uh mexico and, Mon- uh, and monterey obviously whoever wins the the copa libertadores so you're gonna have some different people from different types of, of, of parts of the world so how is the how's the city or how's the region getting prepared for this influx of tourists because like i said we're under two months so are you seeing signs that uh that that show that okay we're it's starting people are starting to get ready for this tournament absolutely uh, i mean obviously a couple of weeks ago fifa announced the stadiums which were going to be opened and, and used for the tournament they're obviously using 
the Education City Stadium, uh, which is going to be a brand new facility um, in Doha. It's a brand new stadium. It's going to be used at the World Cup. And they're actually going to be opening that on Qatar National Day. Uh, so whoever gets through from Al Sad and uh, Raylandos, hopefully, uh, will we'll, we'll go and play that first game in a World Cup stadium on the National Day of Qatar. So that's a huge, huge deal here. Um, I think, obviously, recently we had the IAAF World Athletics Championships in Qatar. And after a pretty slow start in terms of uh, fan attendance and, and obviously kind of questions about the, the conditions for the athletes, uh, I mean, certainly on the ground here, that, that kind of changed after a first kind of three or four days of being quite slow in the stadiums. It got busier and busier. And uh, and obviously, football is the number one sport out here in Qatar. And, uh, and, and you know, there's obviously so much excitement to, to be hosting such a kind of a pretty prestigious tournament and obviously welcoming a team, you know, teams from around the world, uh, including, you know, the European champions, Liverpool, uh, the Copa Libertadores winners, whoever they may be. And obviously Ray Landos and, and obviously the Asian Champions League winners as well. So it's uh, the excitement slowly building, but obviously there's going to be these final preparations underway, uh, perhaps with the metro lines as well. There, there's there's rumours that the metro is going to be open to Education City Stadium, so it's going to be easier for fans. Uh, and obviously the final preparations in getting the stadium completely perfect as well. And let's let's talk about Al Saad just because that's that's the team I, I want to focus on because not a lot of people, especially in Mexico and the U.S., are going to know Al Saad. So, yeah, can you give us just a brief summary before we go into details of their season so far? Yeah, sure. So Al Saad are uh, probably considered one of the biggest teams in Qatar. Um, obviously, as you know, they've got a pretty famous coach in the minute in terms of Javi Hernandez. Uh, who played for them. Uh, previously, they've had some pretty legendary players, Raul being another one. Um, and, and they've got a... They're, 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 they're considered Qatar's most successful club, uh, generally. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're the big boys of Qatari football, if you want to call them that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've... Uh, before, I, before we started recording, I, I or wait, like a couple of weeks ago when we got in contact, I, I, went, I ran through their... Through their squad, and they do have some like notable noticeable names. Like obviously, Javi's their head coach. They also have Gabi, mm -hmm. Gabi, who people might know, spend a lot of time with the Atletico Madrid. So, how is mm -hmm. this like influx of of talented like players with name recognition? How has that helped grow Al Saad's profile? I mean, Al Saad have always kind of um, you know down the years always had big names. Uh, so this isn't new, but obviously. Uh, when they brought Xavi in three years ago, I think at the time he was probably one of the hottest free agents in world football. Um, and, and, that, and they brought Xavi in as part of a longer term plan uh, linked with the World Cup and linked with the development of those players and uh, at team at Al Sadd and also wider Qatari football. Um, so, so, you know, this ploy of bringing in, you know, a Barcelona legend, uh, most caps ever so far for Barcelona. Um, has really, really worked. It's, it's, you know, Xavi attracted Gabby in many ways um, to come over and play with the team. And their experience um, has really helped quite a talented crop of Qatari players develop and kick on to the next level. And that's obviously been shown at national level with uh, the Asian Cup win this year. Yeah. And how's Xavi just transitioned from player to coach? I'm not sure if this is his, I think is his first season as a head coach, if I'm not mistaken. But how's that transition for player to coach gone for for Al Saad? 
yeah, I mean, so far it's gone pretty, pretty well. Um, having, you know, spoken him, uh, he, he's always seen himself as a coach. Uh, even, even when he first signed with Al Saad, there was always talk maybe a year into his contract that he was going to be eventually the coach. It was an open secret here in Qatar that his first coaching job was going to be with Al Saad. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's a natural fit. He loves talking about football, as you could probably imagine. Um, you know, the moments outside the press conferences when you talk to him, he's very approachable. He's always, you know, got something to say about Barcelona a little bit off the record. And, and he, he's, he's kind of in, very much feels like to me, he's in the mold of a Pep Guardiola in terms of he's a, a football fanatic. He watches everything. He pours over everything. He's very detailed. He's got a very good back back staff, you know, uh, back backroom staff with him. Uh, and you know, so far he's been pretty successful with Al Sadd. I guess he's, uh, you know, they're doing really, really well. Uh, they're they're third in the league at the moment. Uh, they have lost one game, but uh, but apart from that, they're 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 there or thereabouts, and they've actually got probably one of the best squads in Qatar. Um, and they've also been doing very, very well in the Asian Champions League. Um, well, not so well right now, but, you know, in the previous knockout rounds, Xavi masterminded wins over Al Duhail, which is like a local team here from Qatar as well. And also Al Nasser, where they actually battled back from a, a goal down in the second leg to go through there. So, so, so far, he's been very measured. He's been very kind of tactically astute. And he's actually you know, uh, set his team up well for, for the vast majority of the games he's been playing in. And just how would you describe his style? Like, what's his coaching style like? Because uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't follow al So, like, how would you describe yeah. uh, for people uh, in Monterey and just in the U.S. as well? How would you describe Xavi's style? I mean, obviously, you know, he's going to be taken uh, from, like, you know, the Barcelona La Masaya playbook. You know, he's going to be playing a high-tempo possession football. Um, he obviously, it's, it's kind of like a, I guess it's like a 4-3-3 they kind of play. Uh, Baghdad Bunja is, uh, is a, a striker, an Algerian international. He actually won the African Cup of Nations this year. Um, and he's the fulcrum of the side. He's the, the one leading the line. He's a goal scorer. He scored over 40 goals last season. He's a real threat. And he's supplied by two quite pacey and attacking wingers in uh, Qatari national team captain Hassan Haydus and Akram Afif, who's probably one of the bright young stars of Qatari football. He certainly had a major say in them winning the Asian Cup uh, this year. So, uh, No, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Mitch. So, so you know, he, he, they're playing a quite fluid attacking style. Um, you, know, you know, their emphasis is on pushing up high on the pitch and, and keeping the ball and, 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 you know, really kind of a quite attacking play. Although... You know, coming into this Club World Cup, if they're playing against, you know, perhaps slightly better teams, slightly more technical teams, it might be interesting to see how Xavi does set up to perhaps counter that. But, you know, in the vast majority of the games in the Qatar Stars League that he plays in, they're always going to be on top. So so he's used to playing that way in that kind of, you know, style of kind of possession, attacking football. So before we go into the, into the squad depth or, or in detail on the squad, I just want to ask how is how is the club or the supporters of the club and just Qataris in general embrace Xavi? Like, how's how's that relationship like? Really good. Um, I think, obviously, Al Sadr are one of the most, like, well-supported teams in Qatar. Um, and, and yeah, they, they love him. The fact that he's here, you know, um, in the Middle East and the GCC, there there is this odd kind of, uh, I don't know how to say it, but, like, you know, an obsession with stars, big names, famous people. 
And you've seen down the years that the likes of Gabriel Batistuta, um, you know, kind of Pep Guardiola, uh, Stefan Effenberg, the German midfielder back in the day, they all came to Qatar to kind of end their career, uh, but mainly because they're getting a nice payday. But secondly, is because there's this kind of Arabic and kind of Qatari obsession with really big names. Now, another thing that kind of comes from 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 being out here and uh, there's been some big names here, Danny, is Michael Laudrup obviously coached out here. And I remember having a conversation with him where he said, for someone like Xavi, this is an amazing place because A, people are very, very respectful. They're not going to be chasing you down the street for an autograph or for a, for a picture. If you're going around doing your normal day-to-day life in a supermarket or walking in a mall, people are going to be respectful for you. So for players, for superstar players that have perhaps been like, you know, it's hard for them to go out of the house sometimes, someone like Xavi. Um, the lifestyle here in Qatar is perfect because people are respectful. People aren't going to bombard you for selfies and photos. And, uh, and, and in that sense, life is quite peaceful for them, which is, which is, is a positive. So, yeah, he settled very, very well in Qatar. He's obviously got a strong bond with Qatari players. Um, and, and, yeah, the fans obviously love him and, and uh, are looking forward to, you know, having a season where they win all the trophies again. And we kind of touched on a little bit about their squad. Obviously, they have Gabby, who, who played for Atletico. But who are some players that maybe supporters from Monterrey or just in general, whether it be Liverpool or whoever wins the Libertadores, who who are some players that you think can use this Club World Cup and kind of become more mainstream or introduce themselves to a mainstream audience? Okay, well, um, I mean, obviously the Asian Cup is, is perhaps not so followed in, you know, Europe and Asia and, uh, uh, you know, America and Latin America as much as, as perhaps on my side of the world. So, um, you know, for me, Akram Afif was a really, really big name in the Asian Cup. He was very crucial in uh, in Qatar winning the Asian Cup this year. He's a young kind of uh, kind of winger. He's quite uh, tempestuous. He's got a bit of an attitude on him sometimes. And that's been shown recently. But he always can come up with a ma- moment of magic and score the big goals. Um, Hassan Haydouz, who's the, the captain, uh, again, a, a key component of the side that did so well at the Asian Cup in the UAE. He's got an eye for a spectacular goal as well. He's a, you know, a fast, tricky winger who can drive at defences and, and cause teams plenty of problems. Uh, from from the kind of wing backs, I, I would say Abdul Karim Hassan. He again, a key. All of these players are key parts of the Qatar national team because a lot of the Qatar national team comes from Al Duhail Club. And also Al Sad Club. It's it's kind of a two club system here when it comes to national team players. Uh, but Abdul Karim Hassan is the reigning Asian Player of the Year. I mean, that's uh, at the time when it was announced, there was a couple of uh, scratch heads about that one because obviously he didn't win anything majorly on the Asian continent. But he obviously won the kind of uh, King's Cup here, the Emir Cup uh, at that season. But he's a very very strong player as well. And and these are, are three very key players for. For Al Sad, and they'll certainly be playing and certainly be starting um, during the Club World Cup. In terms of foreign players, mm-hmm. um, I've always got a soft spot for Nam Tae He's a, a South Korean international midfielder. Um, he's consistent. He's been in Qatar for quite a few years now, and he's consistently been one of the best players in the league. A small, technical player who could keep the ball really, really well, and 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 is a great, you know, has a great range of passing. So. I think these are the kind of four players that, that Ray Lando's fans should perhaps keep an eye out for. They're 
they're, they've gone under the radar a little bit and you know for the wider world of football they've always been big names here of course um but but they're certainly uh you know four players of, of kind of immense quality and and players who can you know change the game if needed for outside yeah and what's the overall expectation for them i know they they're they obviously have the first game of the tournament but what what's the supporters expectation heading into this short tournament I guess, I guess, you know, and this is no respect, disrespect to the other teams in the tournament, but the aim is going to be that semi-final with Liverpool to uh, open up a World Cup stadium to play against Liverpool and Mohamed Salah, who, by the way, is an absolute god over in, in the Arabic world. Uh, Mohamed Salah can do no wrong over here and he will be the man of this tournament, uh, have no have no doubt. Um, so, yeah, I think the aim is to is to... You know, progress from the first game, progress from the quarterfinals and then get into that semi-finals. Um, you know, and, and, and that will be the aim, I think. To, to play Liverpool, to test themselves against the European champions um, is going to be the idea. But obviously, as, as a Ray Lando's fan, I guess you've probably got something to say about yeah, that. Yeah, I think that a lot of our fans are, are in the same boat. They're like, OK, we got to get to that Liverpool match. Like, we want to play against Liverpool. So it's like... I'm pretty sure every fan base heading into the into into this tournament has that same mindset that hey we want to play the European champions just because that's yeah. a a unique experience and b like you're playing against you're you're pretty much putting up your squad and see how how much they stack up against the European champions but no I we obviously we if all things go as planned we'll probably meet in that second round or second tier match before the winner more than likely gets to gets to Liverpool. But, but yeah, no, we, we share the same sentiment as, as Al Saad fans, but uh, just a couple more things before, before I let you go. Sure. How, 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 how do you, how are you going to just take in this, this tournament? What's your expectation or, or how are you going to factor in into covering this tournament? So I'm, I'm, Hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, I'll be in the stadium covering all of the tournament. Um, from my point of view, um, I'm quite interested on the logistical side of things. Uh, you know, Qatar has had so many events to build up for the World Cup. It's on the horizon now. It's so close. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, the match day experiences. Is it, do fans get in correctly? Is there any trouble? Uh, and if there is trouble, how do... How did the authorities react to that trouble? Because that's going to be the test. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, th this is really the first time that Qatar is welcoming fans from all over the world, like you said. So how will a Liverpool fan deal with a Ray Lando's fan? Or, you know, how are Al Sad fans going to be coming to the stadium where they're potentially going to be Ray Lando's fans there or there could be Liverpool fans there? Um, so that's kind of, from my point of view, going to be the really interesting thing. On the pitch with Al Sad, obviously... I would love them to to get to that semi-final game. I think it's a, I think you know the first round game um, against the Oceania champions. I feel like that that might be winnable, um, and then I think when it comes down to potentially playing you guys, it's going to be down just to the the finer details. I'll, I'll confess I'm no huge Ray Lando's you know advocate. I haven't watched you guys that much. I know that you obviously won the the Central American Champions League. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, obviously, you know, Al Saad have huge home advantage. And, and you know, we, we saw last in the last competition in the UAE, Alain went all the way to the final with home advantage. So, and there'll certainly be a big turnout uh, at the stadium, hopefully. 
and you know there's a good support base there because I think you know Alsada confident that they, they can get to that semi-final based on fan support and, and obviously you know to showcase Qatar off as this uh, fantastic destination for a World Cup in three years time. Yeah and I just wanted to ask as well just for the Qatari point of view how are they viewing not not just excuse Liverpool from this but how are they viewing some of the, the clubs that that are coming in and, and playing outside how are those supporters looking at Monterrey how are they looking at uh, whoever wins the Libertadores how are they looking at uh, who uh, the African team who how are they viewing these clubs that are coming in to play play outside well, uh, Esperance, I believe, is the African team. They've they've had experience of playing in Qatar quite recently. Um, they played in the kind of uh, the the kind of African Super Cup, uh, and that was a really really good atmosphere. And obviously, with Esperance, there's a huge Tunisian population in Qatar, so they'll be well supported. I think I think generally Qatar, perhaps not the fans, but the the country itself is 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 kind of preparing itself and readying itself to welcome everyone. So so there's an excitement from all, all kind of clubs. I think, you know, I, I, I feel personally that the kind of Raylandos fans are going to bring a unique culture and a, you know, a loudness to this tournament if they're, if they're here en masse. Because, you know, I think, I think fans from kind of Latin America are pretty unique in terms of the way they chant and, and sing and, and support their teams, you know, very much like Liverpool. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's all these kind of different fan cultures come together. So you get the feeling here, certainly from the organisers, that, that they're looking forward to that. Um, there's obviously going to be fan zones set up as well. Um, so, you know, if you don't actually maybe go to one game, you can go and watch it in a fan zone. I'm not sure if they're serving alcohol, but, you know, there's rumours that that might be the case as well. And, and that, that all of this is just, you know, as exciting as it is, it's it's all for the end game of, of mm-hmm. the World Cup. So this is all just preparation. Yeah. And if they can host a successful club World Cup this time and, and get the numbers in the pitch for the big games, um, you know, that's that's where the excitement's really gonna be. Yeah. And you personally, what club, what storyline, what specific player? I know you mentioned Mohammed Salah and he's gonna be a god there when when Liverpool arrives, but what what storyline, what player, what what club are you most interested in following as the tournament uh progresses? Um obviously, you know, I'm on a Ray Lando's podcast, so I'm gonna have to say Ray Lando's, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm really interested because obviously I was kind of doing a little bit of research on you guys. And then I saw that you have the most beautiful stadium in the world. So I'm quite interested to interact with the fans and, and, and like you said, see what the culture's like, because it's going to be a completely different world. Like, you know, coming from Monterey or, or the States, you know, coming all the way to the middle of the desert uh, in wintertime. It's going to be cool. It's not going to be boiling hot. So it, it, that's going to be really interesting for me to see the kind of... Uh, I, I guess the narrative of these different fans, as we've talked about, coming to Qatar and experiencing what Qatar is going to be like, because I think, you know, genuinely, and this isn't because I've been here for five years. I think, you know, when I go back home to the UK or I, you know, I, I speak to other people around the world, you know, people have got a a lot of things about Qatar, like, Oh, it's really hot there. You can't do this. You can't do that. And actually you can probably do most of the things you think you can do. Um, It's just kind of, I guess, kind of getting to grips with it and understanding the rules and the parameters around that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I I do. Um, yeah, but so so sorry. No. So from my side, it, it's really going to be about how the fans interact and and take in this experience of Qatar and 
and, and you know taking on that experience and then just saying to you know passing the word word around really I guess I guess because obviously Mexico are probably going to be likely to be hopefully at the World Cup uh, yeah. I mean it's it looks pretty likely so you know they're going to bring loads of fans I mean at the Russian World Cup you know fans from Latin America really brought the party right so yeah you know these Raylando fans who do make the trip over it's going to be it's going to be a brave new world for them but they're, they're going to be the first to experience this kind of Middle Eastern hospitality and also the chance to party and live it up and, and, and watch games in world-class stadiums so yeah it's it's a it's a good adventure for everyone I think yeah no it definitely I, I it, I'm a PSG fan so like I I've been okay. exposed to like Qatar just because through through some of the the, the PSG promotions that that they put on there that they do yeah. the, I know they do the the winter tours and, and sometimes summer tours or, or whatever that they're there for yeah. a couple of weeks so mm-hmm. I, it looks like a it looks like a a good a good place to 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 vacation especially in the winter time you you get to leave a uh, cold weather or or just wet dry weather and you get to get head over there and, and experience good football i think it's a it's a it's a really good opportunity but um mm-hmm. what's so what's uh it, how, how is this gonna go into affecting the world cup how is this i know we've touched on it a little bit but how is this i know it's a taste for people to to experience qatar as mm-hmm. we inch closer to 2022 but how is this uh, in the grand scheme, in the grand scheme of things, for Qatar, uh, a stepping stone for for when not just a few people from different parts of the world, but the entire world, just you know, flies into Qatar for for a summer. Mm, well, for a winter, it's going to be. Oh, a for winter, winter. yes, cup. yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> winter. <laughs> Remember that. We I'm still used to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. It's it, it too is hot here. It's yeah. too hot. So, I think I think it's un it's underestimated from an organization point of view how important this is um obviously fifa are, in, are embedded in qatar now preparing for this tournament preparing for the world cup so they're in charge of the ticketing the marketing the stadiums the stadium operations the match operations but behind the scenes for, for a good few years now there are teams from the supreme committee who are the guys who who won the bid and and the qfa the qatar football association who've been working behind the scenes on these big games slowly but surely so for them, it's a culmination of like now we're actually probably in the final stretch in terms of, you know, preparing these games, being the match operations for these games, ensuring that everyone gets a seat and gets a ticket and match day operations are running smoothly. And these are going to be now the essential. There's going to be about three big, big test events. And, and obviously, in that fact, bringing, you know, fans from all over the world over. So it's, it's just another kind of milestone for Qatar in, in developing this World Cup. Uh, and, and and hopefully getting you know people coming here in 2022 and having a good time. And uh, last question before I let you go: anything you just want to add on on Qatar or or just the Qatari football in general that people may not know about, or just anything else that that people who who are planning on going to Qatar want to know about, just because. I, like we we touched on it, it's just going to be a different a different environment. So uh, is yeah. there anything else? I think I think firstly you'll be surprised by the level of Qatari football. I think over the last kind of three four years, Qatar is is playing on a national team level. They won the Asian Cup against the odds. Um, uh, you know, Al Sadd are, are the component of you know a lot of members from this Al Sadd team were in the national team. Uh, they've got a you know a great coach in Javi, a promising coach in Javi, a coach who 
ultimately will probably be at Barcelona one day. Um, he's made no secret of that. Uh, and I think a lot of Barcelona fans and, uh, you know, followers of football know that that's going to be the path for this uh, former midfielder. Um, I, I also I also think that, you know, uh, before before fans do uh, do perhaps have the preconceptions about Qatar as being a kind of very strict place, a very controlled place. Um, I think I think that, you know, try and, you know, if you can come out here, try and experience it for yourself just so you, you're on the ground and, you know, rather than making those kind of pre you know preconceived notes of oh you know the world cup shouldn't be here qatar's not a footballing country qatar has a huge footballing culture uh from back in the day you know uh, al sadd is actually one of the older clubs it's been around for about 50 years which isn't long in the scheme of things i know but uh for qatar that's pretty long time considering they were independent since 1974 i believe but um but yeah i think i think that it's a really it's well worth visiting it's well worth seeing it's well worth kind of ticking off the bucket list and and you know like it will be a very unique tournament uh, and a very unique world cup uh, so yeah i would just say uh, if you do have any preconceived notions about you know living it uh, coming to a i don't know an arabic country or you know there's going to be danger around every corner and those kind of things uh i i would certainly say rest assured it should be okay i mean i've been here for five years and uh, i've never been in trouble yet so it, it's all good <laughs> yeah as long as uh i mean that's why we i i brought up just the do's and don'ts uh, as long as people follow your advice they should be good and, and just enjoying the, the the tournament but mitch i i appreciate you you know starting your morning with me and and just yeah, no worries and and just you know helping helping me expose a little bit about Assad and Qatar just as as a whole but if you want to plug in anything that that you know obviously your twitter account anything else that where people can follow your work because i'm pretty sure you're going to be pumping out content uh for the <laughs> CWC uh, as as it gets closer and and i'm sure people will want to follow either for for video visual content or or, writ, or written content yeah sure so obviously on twitter i'm at mitchos m-i-t-c-h-o-s uh, i usually just tweet about weird qatari football stuff <laughs> yeah I, nothing too crazy really and occasional plugs uh, obviously for the being sports website which is uh just type in being sports mean english into your google machine and you should probably find it uh and obviously we cover everything over here we've got video rights for everything so usually on champions league nights i'm pretty busy lots of live blogs lots of kind of hopefully some exclusive interviews with the club world cup coming you know we've got some things planned obviously we'll try and interview some guys from ray landos as well um and also look if you're a fan listening to this now and, and, you, and you do want some tips or some do's and don'ts reach out to me on social media. I'm, I'm more than happy to help. And, and, you know, I could show you some tips on some great places to eat for food. I can point you out to some lo local Qatari food and, and some Arabic food here, which is really, really good. Um, and, and yeah, if you do want to, if you do want to get in touch, I'm here and we can, we can chat and, and yeah, if there are any other questions you need, I'm, I'm, I'm more than ready to, to take them and, and help anyone out if, if, if you want the help, of, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I'll de you're, I'll, I'll definitely put your at on on the when I tweet out this podcast. So if people have any uh, questions about more, you know, in depth questions on Qatar or any like little recommendations on Qatar, uh, they can definitely either at you or, or maybe send you a, a direct message. But um, but yeah, again, sure. I appreciate you doing this. I know it's it's morning over there, so you're getting your day started. But uh, thank you again for for just uh, helping us understand Al Saad and and Qatar again as a as a as a country.
No problem, Eduardo. Now uh, it's it's pretty late for you, so you should probably go to bed. Yeah, so. I think I, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. All right. Well, thanks for that. But, no problem. I'll I'll, I'll uh, again if anything comes up, I'll, I'll definitely uh, reach out to you. And if, uh, if obviously if, if Al Saad and 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 Monterey play, we're definitely gonna have to have you on again. So I'm I'll, have I'll to definitely be in round two. Yeah. So we'll definitely have to have you back if that happens. But again, I appreciate you coming on. Perfect, man. Thanks for that. Hello and welcome to the second part of our Club World Cup preview. Since uh, it's still the FIFA FIFA break, we are starting to get to a little bit closer to the Club World Cup, which will be held in Qatar in December. And we already talked with someone in Qatar who gave us a little bit of information on Al Saad. And now we're going to talk with someone who is very, very familiar with Liverpool, who is a Liverpool supporter, is a managing editor for the SB Nation blog uh, that covers Liverpool. And and yeah, so uh, welcome, Stephanie. I, I do not know how to pronounce your last name and I don't want to butcher it. So if you can pronounce your last name. Sure. Uh, hi, my name is Stephanie Carriott. And yeah, I, I am one of the managing editors for the SB Nation, SB Nation blog. Uh, the Liverpool offside. So before we get into uh, Liverpool, how did, let me just ask, how did you end up becoming not just a Liverpool supporter, but a soccer fan since, you know, it's still a growing sport in the U.S. And how did you end up just deciding, hey, I want to help contribute to Liverpool content? Well, I got into soccer through the uh, U.S. women's national team who are obviously a pretty big deal here in the States. And I remember watching uh, the World Cup when they first, or when they won it for the second time uh, in 99. And so I was like a an okay fan until then, kind of off and on. And then in the 2010 World Cup, for whatever reason, I don't know, it was just the right time for me. And I just decided that I loved it. And um, I really like the the sort of drama of it. It's like every week is a soap opera, and I think it's wonderful. It's like watching a telenovela. Mm-hmm. Um, how I got... To, I, I don't know how I chose Liverpool, because obviously I'm not from Liverpool. Yeah. I, I After that World Cup, I decided that I was going to follow a Premier League team. I originally was very against Liverpool because they had Steven <laughs> Gerrard, who had scored against the United States yeah. in that World Cup, and I was very petty. Um, but I had decided to try Arsenal and that first game of the season in 2010 Arsenal played Liverpool and it was like a shambolic game for Liverpool it was just embarrassing they had they got an early lead and then they lost or no they lost they they tied in like the very last minute because the keeper Pepe Reina let a ball just dribble right through his hands and uh I was like I don't know I like an underdog I was like them yes And I, I just, I followed the Liverpool offside for years and the managing editor, Noel, he had just asked me if I wanted to start contributing and it went from there. So yeah, let, let, let's get into just the, the run that Liverpool had to, to qualify for this Club World Cup. But before I get into that, just give me your thoughts in general about the CWC, like how, how to, how to not just, uh, 
how not just how you you feel about it, but how does your the whole staff feel about this tournament that's coming up in in December? I think we all think it's coming at the worst possible time. Um, most other teams, I think even in Europe, would have uh, would be I think just going into their winter break at this time or in the middle of December. Liverpool do not have a break at that time. This is is actually uh, the busiest time in their schedule. Uh, I looked it up. They have uh, six other games in December that they're playing in addition to these one, maybe two. Uh, so it's it's fun. It's always, we love a chance to win another trophy, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it'll be interesting to get to see new stadiums and play different teams, and I always enjoy that. But, yeah, it's it's coming at a really difficult time in the season. Yeah, considering that a lot of Premier League clubs, they the, the whole Premier League just plays through that winter break. It, it, it turns into, like, a... A festive. I, I don't. I don't know. The the correct yeah, yeah. There you go. It, it's just like three weeks nonstop. Where other European clubs, it's usually a break. But I know Premier League clubs. They just play through it, and then they'll get their break on the other side of, of the new year. So yeah, this is the this is the first year they actually are getting winter breaks. They usually they used to not. Yeah. Uh, but this year they're doing it, but it's not until February, so it doesn't help much in this case. So how do you think Liverpool should approach this? tournament do you see them I, I know we'll get into Mohamed Salah more in detail because uh there was an article written in the Daily Mail about him but how do you think the Jurgen Klopp's gonna just go about this tournament is it do you, would you see some starters mixed in with some of the guys from the bench or how do you think it's it's gonna be approached I mean it's in two months from now I guess it depends on what it, what we look like fitness wise I want to say it's probably going to be a mix of the the kids and the more mature players. Uh, in our midfield, especially, we have a lot to choose from. So you could see the bigger players like James Milner, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, maybe even Nabi, Nabi Keita getting to go. Um, and so that that gives us a really strong kind of like backbone. I think I don't know if we'll see Sadio Mane. I don't know if. Roberto Firmino or any of that front three, uh, Mohamed Salah, I don't know if they'll be going. It also kind of depends, I guess, on what FIFA expect. Like, do they, mm-hmm. are they going to insist that we have like the strongest yeah. team possible for this big, this big tournament that they're planning? I don't know. But um, I do think we'll, you'll be seeing some of the young kids like uh, Rian Brewster is a really big prospect for us. Uh, Curtis Jones in the defense. So, yeah, I think it, it'll be a mix. I, I'm really interested to yeah. see actually what how it ends up happening. But right now, right now we're all healthy. Yeah. But in two months, who knows? Yeah, I never th- that idea of FIFA insisting or giving that little nudge to say, hey, why don't you start or bring some of these players and start th- some of these players. That's never crossed my mind. But that is something to think about because I mean, not to get into the shady stuff of how Qatar ended up becoming yeah. selected <laughs> for the World Cup, yeah. but uh, they've you know, Qatar's put in so much money into building these new stadiums. I know one of the stadium that's uh, going to be hosting. I know it's two stadiums. One of them's brand new. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to want some star power from from Liverpool. But uh, let's let's get into how Liverpool got to this point. Let's let's take it back last year. What were your expectations heading into that Champions League 2018 uh, 2019 season? Well, you know they'd made it to the final in the season before. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that was a more, I think, improbable run. Nobody that that season before, when they ended up losing to Real Madrid, nobody expected them to get that far. It was just, it was amazing. And the fact that they lost was heartbreaking, but wasn't like the worst thing ever. Uh, last season though was different. I mean, I think everyone felt it. We were doing so good in the league as well. Um, I, if you're familiar, we came in second to Manchester mm-hmm. City last yeah. season, but we only lost by a point and we were doing, we lost one game and the yeah. game we lost was to Manchester City. Yeah. Um, ugh. But, uh, <laughs> <just remembering laughs> that. Um, but we, but we seemed, Anfield just seemed impenetrable, especially in, um, in the league, but especially in the Champions League, I think. It just it felt so good. Like, all those amazing Anfield nights, you could see the energy. It it really felt like something special was going to happen that season. Uh, you could – it would have been incredibly disappointing if we hadn't gotten some – hadn't walked away with some kind of trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't happen in the Premier League. But, yeah, that, that – that Champions League program was amazing. I mean, it was my first. It was my first time seeing them win a big trophy. It yeah. was really something special. Yeah, no, no, definitely. They, they've, they, they went on a. I mean, I'm a PSG supporter, so I kind of got familiar with them through that group stage. Mm-hmm. So it was, and then I paid, a, especially through through the end of t- 2018. I kind of kept a tab on them. Just I, I made it an effort to watch a little bit more Liverpool matches, just because they were in the group, and so. One of the I, I know Allison gets the love from everyone and he's arguably top for me, he's top three goaltender or go go goalie wise mm-hmm. in the world. How do you think he solidified because I, I feel like they just get a confidence from him that they never had from someone? Obviously Virgil Van Dyke as well, those two are the backbone defensively, but how much does do those two just mean to Liverpool as as you know, they eventually won the Champions League and are now having their sights set on finally winning that Premier League title. Mm-hmm. I think that having that spine there was so important uh, for years. For years, Liverpool would have amazing offense, and just the defense was a shambles. It was awful. I mean, we would we would leak goals at you know at the worst possible times. I mean, there's no good time for a goal, but you know, you'd think you'd have it. And then suddenly you go from three, one to four, three, and you don't even know how it happened. And so just getting Allison in there, getting Van Dyke in there, but then also our fullbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've have, um, we have Trent Alexander Arnold, who's come through, who's been amazing on the right. And then left back has been a huge issue for us, uh, for years. We just can't seem to find and keep a left back. And now Andy Robertson is, we got him for a seal from from Scotland, and he's probably the best left back uh, in the Premier League, if not one of the best in Europe right now. So, I think just the solidity of that whole defense has really just been the big difference back there. And you know, obviously Van Dyke has a partner, and it almost doesn't matter who the partner is. He just makes everyone better. You know, he makes everyone feel more confident. He makes everyone. He allows them all to play, do the things that they're good at. And not have to worry about the things they're not good at because Virgil Van Dyke is good at everything. So you know he can always just pick up the slack, and it feels amazing not being concerned when a defender passes back to the goalkeeper. Yeah. Like he's gonna get this ball. Like yeah. I don't even have to worry about it anymore. And it was like I'd hold I'd hold my breath every time it happened in years prior. So in in the Champions League run or any title run for that matter, there's always like 
the stars will always get the the credit. They'll get the limelight. But in that Liverpool run, are there any? Is, was there any player or players that hey that that you thought that they deserved that if if it wasn't for them, probably Liverpool wouldn't have won. Uh, or being Tottenham, but who do you think during that run that didn't get en- enough credit? Who do you think that player was or, or players? I mean, I'm always going to say Jordan Henderson doesn't get enough credit. He's our captain, um, but it's very contested within the like Liverpool fan base. Nobody really, uh, not not nobody, but there a lot of people really underestimate him, and I think he does such an amazing job marshalling that midfield, just making sure that everything runs smoothly, being the sort of the the middle person between the defense and the t- attack. He's he's not the showy uh, player that Steven Gerrard was, the captain before him, but he does he does what needs to be done, and he's always a really calming influence um, in the center there. And I think that he he doesn't score the flashy goals. And he doesn't make the big tackles, but he's just very reliable. And I think that he did a lot of work. And then again, the fullbacks—you can't really, you can't say enough about yeah. how important our fullbacks are to the way that we play. And just the fact that they, I, Alexander Arnold was was gone for a while, but the fact that they've stayed healthy, they've stayed, they've played well from beginning to end. It was it was a huge difference for us. So, so now heading into into this season, what what was your? Ex- I know now it's more Premier League. Let's focus on the title because it's it's a championship that they haven't won, or especially since the, you know the the it's it's become the Premier League. But what what's what? How are they performing now? I know they're they're probably the best team in England and arguably in all of Europe. But was that the mindset going in? Let's just focus on the on the Premier League. I really think so. Um, and like I said, we, we like any trophies we can get, but that the Premier League trophy is really, it's like the Holy Grail right now. It's kind of funny because last season, Man- you know, Manchester City, they really want the, the Champions League and yeah. we really want the Premier League. And I was almost kind of like, can we just switch? But yeah, I think there's a lot of focus uh, on the Premier League, especially now. I mean, we're unbeaten. So far, we we haven't lost any points. As a matter of fact, we're eight zero zero. So I think just keeping that run going, it feels so good right now. Nobody wants to lose that momentum, and yeah, it's it's a real big push. I think it will feel it will feel very disappointing, even if we were to win the Champions League again, um, even if we were to pick up a domestic cup. If we don't get that that league that league trophy, it's gonna really hurt. And and just one more thing, going back to last season, how did that? How was the, the how would I say it? The feeling around winning the Champions League against Tottenham amongst Liverpool supporters, because I know there's not just you guys that write for for the blog, but there's other people who you do a lot of the comments on the open threads, etc. How was the feeling amongst Liverpool supporters after winning that Champions League? Because like you said. You guys wanted the Premier League, so it, it feels like just by how you're talking about it, it felt like a consolation prize. Uh, not that it's like something to sneeze at. It's like a lot of European teams, that's the goal, that's the goal. And so how, how was that feeling amongst Liverpool supporters or what's the tone that you picked up? Oh, amazing. I mean, we were so excited. I don't mean to make it sound like it was a consolation prize, but I know it, it kind of you want the Premier League, but it was just the fact that we were winning a trophy. I mean, the last time we won anything was 
oh gosh, 2006, I think. And we, we won a, a league cup, a domestic cup in 2012. But, you know, this was our first big trophy in so long. It felt amazing. I think the fact that it was against another English team was a little odd. It almost felt, I mean, if you if you watch the game, it almost felt like it was just like a league game because we played Spurs so often. You know, it, it was, we were two teams that just really knew each other really well. Uh, but yeah, but winning that and seeing them get to lift the trophy, that was something really special. And I know everyone was, you know, everyone was psyched. So yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be sad <laughs> if we win the Champions League again. Uh, I'll say that, but yeah, yeah no, it, it, I mean, as a PSG supporter, like that's the whole goal for us. It's Champions right. League or bust. So it's like, uh, it, it kind of feels like I'm, I'm a little salty that you guys are like, oh, I mean, okay, if we want, I guess we we we'll take that, we'll take that if we can't take the Premier League. But um, but but moving on, the the main topic that I kind of picked up this week, uh, as I referenced, it was an article in the Daily Mail by uh, I'm not sure who wrote it, but it was surrounding Mohamed Salah and and how you know in in 2018, I'm not sure if it was each. I'm, I'm not too familiar. I know you'll probably fill me in on some of the more in-depth details, but he was kind of used as a propaganda by, I'm not sure if it was the Egyptian national team or who it was, but it was kind of controversial in, in that in, in Russia. And now this year, he obviously is going to another Arabic country in Qatar. And I don't even think Rockstar is the right word to use that he'll, that the feeling he'll receive when he lands in, in Qatar, but he, he's, I, I don't know what word to describe to the, that he's going to end up feeling from everybody Qatar. But from when I was talking to someone in Qatar is just, he used the word God. Like some people are going to treat him like a God just because it's, they're seeing someone of their background, their ilk, their religion, just be arguably one of the top players in, in, in probably the best league in the world. And so, how do you think Liverpool is going to go about this? Because obviously they'll probably be a little bit more guarded than Egypt was. They won't, they'll try to be more familiar with whatever's going on and not have him be used as, as a, again, as a propaganda tool. But how do you think Liverpool will handle that and how will they take what happened in 2018 and, and just try to learn from that? And maybe what can Mohamed Salah uh, used what he learned in 2018 and not try to be not try to find himself in that situation again. Yeah, that was a really difficult situation. The World Cup, I felt terrible for him. I was he was the one I was most excited to watch uh, of the Liverpool players going into that World Cup because he had just had such a fantastic season. Um, it was his first season with us going into uh, going into Russia, and. Um, it was it was so depressing. I mean, every day, it was stories about how uh, you know these oligarchs were coming and and taking pictures with him, and you could see he just looked so awkward mm -hmm. and uncomfortable. It would be like the rest of the team uh, at a separate table, and then him with these like billionaire Russian people or whatever, or, or Turkish, I think maybe. Yeah. And. Um, it, yeah, he was obviously extremely uncomfortable. There was a, for a while, there was sort of a rumor going around that he was going to just quit. The yeah, I read that. Yeah, I, I remember that. And, and it's just, he, from the pictures that I saw, I felt like, like you said, he looked uncomfortable. And then some people were running away with out of context. Like, they were taking the pictures out of context. They didn't apply any context. I know there was some, 
I, I just I need to go back through Twitter and look at all that stuff. But there were some rumors that he was supporting these people, that he was there was all this without even th- like right. I said, there was no context in these pictures. Yeah. yeah, just taking pictures with them. That that was the purpose of them taking pictures, right? So it seemed like tacitly like Muhammad Salah likes me, you should like me too, even though I wanna kill all gay people. You know, yeah. it was just it was these like really extreme people that uh, espoused these extreme viewpoints that were trying to hurt the countries that they were in and, you know, uh, pulling a shoulder over Mohammed Salah and to try to look legitimate. Yeah. And he did not sign up for that, you know, but you can't like you're there with your country and the your bosses are telling you go do this. It's It's hard not to. But I mean, with that being said, if anyone has the clout to say, I'm not doing this anymore, it's Muhammad Salah, yeah. you know? he The Egyptian team needs him more than he needs them mm-hmm. at this point. So as for when they when they do go to Qatar, I, I don't foresee that being as, as much of a problem. I don't think that the club would put him in those kind of situations in the same way. And I also think we're not going to be there that long. So... Yeah. You know, I I expect if he if he does if he is one of the twenty three guys that goes, and I'm assuming he probably will be if he's fit. Um, he may do a, a like press conference, yeah. one of the you know the pregame press conferences, that kind of thing. Do some do some press beforehand, but I don't think that they're gonna put him into a situation like that. But you're right. I mean, Mohammed Salah, but we also have Sadio Mane, who's also a huge uh, Muslim. Mm-hmm football player that plays for us and then Nabi Kaita they're all going to be I think really sought after when they when they go if they go yeah yeah no it, it's just like when I was talking like I said when I was talking to someone in Qatar it was just like uh, the, the whole country is just eager for for Salah like mm-hmm. I think it's just I don't think it's going to it's going to be something that I don't think I've ever seen just because like I said Rockstar is is it's an understatement of how he's going to be viewed when, when he lands or if he lands, but I think he'll, but even if he doesn't play, I think he'll just go as a, an ambassador type and, and, and just hopefully, you know, the, the, the country and, and the people there can be suffice with that. But uh, just moving along out of all the clubs that are participating, is there anyone you're like intrigued in watching and play Liverpool? Because like we said, it, it's, it's something you don't see every day. And I kind of like that. I, I do like that you get to play against clubs. Granted, the, the timing is not, it, it isn't right, but it's always nice to see, you know, your club play against either the North American champion, the South American champion, or the European champion, et cetera. And, and, and these, and, and this just, uh, not weird location, but in just random location. And it's just, it gives you that, that, that aura for me especially if I, if I see my club play liverpool if, if it gets to that but what what club or clubs are you uh most interested in, in watching uh this december you know i really just like um discovering new clubs i there's there's some i i went recently to look at you know who is who was um gonna be there there's some that i, I can't even say their name <laughs> uh, i was like how do you pronounce that i hope he's not gonna make me try to say it um but yeah, I, I really like because it's it's so insular with the Premier League. You know, it's like the same players and the same teams every year over and over. So it's it's just really fun in Europe, but then also in things like this to see other teams yeah. get a get a taste for like the other styles of football that are played across the globe. And um, 
get a chance to learn about new players that maybe I haven't been um, informed about. So I'm just, I, I think it'll be fun. Um, I think when the time comes, I'm going to be just like lighting candles that no one gets hurt yeah, uh, and that everything goes smoothly. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be a good time. I, I think it's, it's, um, I think for us as, as Monterey, we're, we're like, our goal is to, Obviously, I think we get this, the winner of Al Saad, and I'm not sure. I can't pronounce that name either. I can't yeah. pronounce that name. Yeah, that was but one we, of them. I was like, I don't, know. I, don't know. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. And then I think the winner moves on to face Liverpool. I think our goal is to to get to that match against Liverpool, from at least from the supporters, yes. the, the tone that I get from all the supporters that I interact with. Like, yeah, that's the goal. The goal is to, to get to, to play Liverpool, and then let's just not embarrass ourselves when we play Liverpool. I mean... We do have some quality players. We have um, Vincent Janssen, who's familiar with the Premier League since yep. he came over from Tottenham. So he's, so he's he's he'll probably he can give us a, a lot of the players some insight. But yeah, for us, it's 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 just been get to that Liverpool match just because, like I said, we have that aura that that. Sure, we want to win it, but I think for us, the, the 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 consolation prize would be playing Liverpool in a close match, just because, you know, like I said, it's not something you, you see every day, and it's just for us as, as a as a Mexican club, it's just going to be something we we're gonna just let's just chalk that up and and put it in one of the in the scrapbooks, and and we'll hold memories to that, and and so. And so, yeah, but uh, yeah, obviously, wh- whoever wins the Libertadores is going to be there. Either it's going to be River, Boca, Flamengo. Those are like three historic clubs in South America. So it's just, it's just going to be for me. It's just like, like I said, the timing isn't right. But I mean, it, 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 it's summertime in Qatar isn't going to do well. I mean, the World Cup's being moved just because of that. But right. it's just, I, I think uh, it's going to be a really great time, and and just. Anything else, like I, anything else that you want to add about this? Just because, I mean, I, I know you guys are, are are in the midst of a of a Premier League run, and then obviously the Champions League. But what else are you looking forward to in, in this uh, tournament? And and then like that's in under like two months. What else am I looking forward to for that tournament? Yeah. Um. I think. I think we'll be seeing a lot of the, um, like, the sort of second, the uh, not the usual starters. Mm-hmm. And I always love that when we get to play some of the, like, especially some of the kids, Rianne Brewster, like I mentioned, um, uh, Kiana Hoover, people like that, that I don't often get to see. Mm-hmm. I love seeing them interact, and I love the chance for them to get to uh, get that experience. And I think in something like an actual, you know, a cup where we can win a trophy, and um, it's, you know, it's across on the other side of the yeah. world, I think that would be really exciting uh, for them to get that opportunity. And yeah. I think it'll just be interesting to see uh, how their style of play, their, their you know, their 4-3-3, how, how it holds up against you know, teams from the other leagues. I know how it, I know how it works for our league, but it'll be interesting to see how it holds up against other teams. Yeah, I, I, for us, right now we're we're going through a coaching change, and and the whole point is for us. <laughs> the whole point of that is because we don't want to embarrass ourselves. That's like the main goal. It's just okay. It's not just get to the Liverpool match, but let's hey, let's let's uh let's not embarrass ourselves because we do have a lot of we have do have a lot of offensive talent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to, if, if at least maybe two or one out of your front three play, I think it's going to be a high scoring match just because I don't trust our defense. Our def- only two out of the four players who play defense for us, I, I do trust, but one of them is, is super young and Cesar Montes. And, and I just, I like to see, I, I, I want to see what they're capable of just because we we're at this point where next semester we don't have uh, a, a, an international tournament and the CCL. And I guess for us, it's just, we're just trying to figure things out just because when a coaching change happens, it's, you're just stuck in a rut and you're trying to figure things out, but we're just trying to see how we hold up against, um, how we hold up against Liverpool and, and then, then just go from there. But uh, since you're doing your research on some of these clubs, you're starting to do some research. Mm-hmm. Is there a player in particular? It doesn't have to be in Monterey, but it can be any club uh, that you might be like, hey, I want to see that player play. Just because from what I've read or from the highlights that I've seen, I, I want to see them. Not yet. Honestly, I haven't done much um research at the moment. And I also kind of don't want to get my hopes up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how... Um, how these teams are going to work out. You know, it's like, it's in, in footballing terms, like two months is so long, yeah. you know, like it's so many games from now, like who knows what's going to happen. It, I, I'm almost like, I, I want to like protect Muhammad. So like, I don't, I don't, I want you to get to, to go to Qatar and yeah. meet all those fans. They're going to be so disappointed if you, <laughs> yeah. you know, break an ankle or something. Um, but yeah, no, no, not yet. But I am when, when it gets closer to the time, I'll start looking and getting hype about it. Yeah, I think for us it feels like it's it's just around the corner just because that's the reason why we made that coaching change and mm-hmm. and obviously we're if we don't qualify for the playoffs that's that's another blow for us but like then the only thing we have to look forward to is the the CWC. And so I I'm just like I said I'm interested in seeing if if Salah goes up against um, Stefan Medina, if you do any research, he's arguably our best defender. He's mm-hmm. he plays for the Colombian national team. He's he's gone up against the likes of Neymar and, and kind of held his own, you know, despite just being you know being a right back or, or a center back in Mexico. And and I'm just eager to see just Vincent Janssen go up against. I, I don't know. I I hope he plays in some of these matches, especially if they get to that Liverpool match. It's just I want to see Janssen go up against like Van Dyke, just two behe- behemoths of 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 men, <laughs> very thick men, and then just yeah. uh, I I just like like I I have a gut feeling that Janssen just wants to redeem himself. He wants to show, hey, I can, despite taking this weird journey to Mexico, yeah. I think he'll end up. He wants to show that, hey maybe next year or maybe in a couple of years he wants to find his way back into the Premier League since he's pretty young he's 25 but um wow yeah. I would have said like 29 <laughs> yeah no okay. he's 25 he's like he's 25 he's 25 and okay. and it's just uh yeah he's he's everybody is taking a liking to him here or everybody in Monterey is taking a liking to him here everybody calls him now um, Chente, like they they pretty much converted him into a into a Mexican, and it's just it's 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 weird because it, it, it's it's this stuff you know usually if someone from the Premier League leaves to North America it's to it's to the to the MLS so it, it's uh-huh. it, it's weird to see this type of journey especially happen with our club but um I I, I just want to just say thank you for taking the time and and I know this tournament is a couple of months away but um 
I know we were, like I said, we're in the midst of a coaching change and, and all our podcasts have been just screaming at the world because <laughs> everything has been gone. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. And but like, we've we, been there. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm a Liverpool spent, fan. We, I've been there. <laughs> we spent a lot of money, you know, for, for a Mexican club to spend close to a hundred million dollars on a squad and to be out of the playoffs. Like that's, that's, that's a lot of money for, for especially a club in Latin America. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to say thank you for taking the time and just giving us giving us some insight on some of the players. But um, uh, you know, one more question, uh, before we let you go, before I let you go, who, who do you think is gonna like? Maybe it might not just be a starter, but who do you think, even if it's someone off the bench, who do you think is gonna shine for Liverpool at this uh, CWC? Who do you think, or who do you want to see? Hey, I want this guy to get an opportunity because I think he has the potential to use that sub uh, seat that tournament and catapult him into having a decent or a really good uh, second uh, second half of the season. I'm gonna say Divac Origi. Uh, he. I think he's going to get a lot of time. He he usually comes in off the bench for us because we have such an incredible uh, starting three in the offense. But every time he comes on, he impresses. He's has an incredible work rate. He is basically a scouse legend now because of what he did for us last season in the Champions League. And I think this is um, an opportunity for him to really shine. Um, also... I, I would love to see Rian Brewster get to play. I think that would be a really big opportunity for him. And everyone's just sort of, he's, he's our, he's our guy, you know, he's, he's the young one that we all really want to see uh, work out in Liverpool. You know, we really want to see him make it uh, like uh, Alexander Arnold was the last one and look at him now. I mean, he's incredible. Uh, other than that, I would like to see Joe Gomez. Uh, mm -hmm. He was injured for a very long time, yeah. and it's taken him a long time to work back into fitness, and uh, he sort of lost his place to Joel Matip in the, uh, next, to, next to Virgil van Dijk uh, in that back line. Uh, before he got injured in, I think, December, he, he and... Uh, Van Dyke were kind of they were seen as like the next you know yeah. the next five years of the Liverpool defense and then he got injured and then he lost his place and so I think that it will be great to see him do well uh, do well there too yeah yeah no, I know if I remember correctly like Liverpool supporters are very high on on Joe Gomez especially you know going into last season I I, I heard like a lot of good a good stuff on him or, or just a lot of high praise and he's I think yeah, Gomez and, and Arnold were like two of the guys that were they were really high on. But um, yeah, but yeah, uh, if is there anything you want to plug your your Twitter account? Obviously the the blog and anything. Yeah, I know some Mexicans that are Monterrey fans are actually Liverpool supporters because I I do see like on you know Premier League Sundays or Saturday mornings I do see some Liverpool content come across the timeline. So, um, or if anybody that you that might be interested in, I mean obviously. The, the like you said the CWC might might expose you to another another club that you obviously never would have thought of etc but uh, is there anything you want to plug aside uh, along with your Twitter account uh, nope just go and check my rating so uh, at Twitter I'm epic underscore skyline and then just check out our blog uh, we have a really thriving uh, community at SB nation uh, the Liverpool offside were a lot of fun. We're really silly. We talk about food a lot, and uh, we love having new people. So if you're interested in Liverpool at all, we're a fun and sort of safe and happy environment to come and chat about them. 
Yeah, I think I, for for my interaction with the SB Nation Tottenham blog, just because of that whole Vincent Janssen saga, yeah, I, I kind of feel like the, the 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 English blogs are pretty fun, just because um, they 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 had a lot of fun with with the influx of uh, of Janssen or not Janssen, but a Monterey fans in their mentions, <laughs> and I think I'm pretty sure. Once we get closer to the uh, seat, uh, the Club World Cup, uh, the Liverpool offside is like whenever you tweet about it, or 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 if Monterey gets to that match against Liverpool, you're gonna see an influx of just Spanish-speaking Monterey fans. So I'm just gonna give you a heads up to that. You're gonna see as it gets closer, you'll just see an influx of Spanish speakers. It'll be a chance to work on my Spanish. That's great. <laughs> well, well, Steph, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and giving us some insight on on, on Liverpool, Mohamed Salah, and just uh, what you're looking forward to uh, this CWC. So, uh, yeah, yeah so hopefully we can have you on as a, if that match does happen, and that we'll be able. To I hope it does them. now. I hope. Yeah. I hope you guys win. I want to see you guys in the semis now. Yeah, <laughs> we do too. Just because, like I said, that's our that's our that's our goal. That's our that's our aim for 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 that tournament. So again, uh, I appreciate you coming on, and, and hopefully we'll we'll be able to play against each other uh, in in that short tournament. <laughs>